bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of judgment. But, but answer my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits well, a homicide and kills people... Up, nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. This is The Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio in Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017 is the number. Mr. Medee, say happy Friday, Dr. Ken. Eh, we'll see how it turns out. We shall see how it turns out. I'm checking out CNN and Fox News and MSNBC as it relates to um, information. The video is supposed to show the first confrontation, him running, being captured and beaten, and then multiple officers for three minutes, calling out for his mother, and then him going to the hospital and subsequently dying. We're talking about Tyree Nichols um, in Memphis. So the police chief Nichols arrest video shows acts that defy humanity. Sarah Sidner from CNN, the senior national correspondent, is on scene in Memphis and if we get some of the breaking video, we'll go live and we will show, um, you know, courtesy of whoever has the video first. Um, the information. For me, it's a little puzzling. For me, it's a little weird to see. How these officers, you know, and now you see their mugshots, second degree murder, aggravated kidnapping, aggravated assault, official misconduct, official oppression. And they charged them with those extra ones in my understanding of the fact that they kept him there and they didn't allow him to leave. And they didn't take him into custody. They beat him. And so. That's something we have to be cognizant of when, when the police act. One thing I'll caution you not to do. Take what happened in one place and apply it to what happened in another place when the laws are different, the rules and procedures are different, uh, 
the state um, law enforcement training standards are different. And so you can't keep applying one thing to one area and then go somewhere else and decide that that's wrong because it would be wrong here. And it's, and it's, it's just not true. And, and to say after that, well, it should be shows your lack or disregard in how the law works and how deeply disturbing it is to watch something like that, but yet still have to process it and recognize that everybody gets due, due uh, process. And that's tough when you're convinced that the person is guilty. That's tough when you're convinced that all the evidence is overwhelming, but they still have to have their day in court, even if they're cops. Um, what people don't understand is that there are no reforms that can really happen in law enforcement that'll stop that. Where that happens is in court and other officers holding officers responsible and accountable for things they do. And this police chief, Chief Davis, just did. She suspended him, then she fired him, and they got charged by the district attorney in Memphis. That's the way it's supposed to happen. Period. And it's unfortunate because we keep screaming reform, but when you ask people what kind of police reform are you looking for, it's only the police. It's never people not committing crimes so the police don't have to show up. It's not a cooperative thing. It's always we have to cooperate, but the police have to change. Okay, then tell me what it is they have to change. If you're going to tell me something personal, like you're going to stop being racist and you got to stop, that's not going to happen. You got to stop being so arrogant. You got to stop doing work on that. You need more diversity training. Diversity training is not going to change a bad heart, a bad mind. Clearly, we have five black officers that did what we normally accuse five white officers of doing. So I think one of the things we have to look at when we talk about reform is what's indigenous to law enforcement and what makes somebody do that. I'd be interested, and if somebody knows how to get it, I'll have to look into it, get a copy of the rules and procedures for the Memphis Police Department. Hopefully they're online because that will tell us whether or not they have things like officer override and all those things where people can step in when you see you're losing, losing control. But then my question is, so who stops the watcher when the watcher's out of control? Who's, who, who stops the person when all of them are out of control? Well, that's what supervision is for. Mr. Dimitri said, now you know why it's so much division between people and the police. No, Mr. Miss Mr. Madi, tell me why. Tell me why. And if those cops are found guilty, they should go to jail and be locked up. If they come in and there's a civil rights violation, because remember something, race does not dictate whether or not it's a civil rights violation. The Constitution does. 
And if they violated that man's civil rights, then they need to be held accountable. So all the screaming and the hollering and the fighting and the shooting and all that, they need to be held accountable. They need to be shown that police are police. And when you do wrong you're, and you're found guilty, you're punished. I'm interested in seeing the, the, the release of the tape. And if the tape is released during this time, hopefully it's not too long. It's only three minutes. We will play the tape and hear what we hear. Your thoughts, 833-212-1017 is the number. Open line Friday if you have any comments or anything about what's going on in the world. Sandra, you're on the new 1017 The Truth. How are you? I am just fine. How are you? Good. Okay. Um, You're talking about the young man that uh, got into the wrestle with the police. Um, I just got a problem. Why do they run? Well, people have... Do you have any... I mean... And being a policeman once before, mm-hmm. I mean, do you get a sense of why they just take off and run? Is it <laughs> they don't want to get? They don't want to go to jail. Whatever. It's 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 myriad reasons. I don't know what's in the minds of people unless uh-huh. they tell me. But many times, uh, I've been told people run because they're scared of the police, um, which I think is legitimate based on things that have occurred in America. Mm-hmm. Um, Many white officers don't believe that. They believe that, ah, you're just lying. You're just making it up. There are some people that are actually terrified of the police. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're scared of the police. They don't want to go to jail. They know they have an outst- or they think they have an outstanding warrant and they're going to go to jail. Some people are just reckless. Sometimes, depending on your age, we may not chase you and we may not follow you in a car, you know, and go into a chase with somebody who's reckless driving because we may deem the person just looks too young and mm-hmm. they don't have enough driving yeah. experience and they may crash the car. So there, there are a lot of decisions that officers have to make before something like that happens. But when you have a grown mm-hmm. man who flees from the police and, and I don't know what happened that led up to them stopping him other than the generic reckless driving. Well, I don't know what that means. What exactly mm-hmm. did he do? And the fact that it took five yeah. officers, was it was it two cars and a third officer? Was it five different officers and five different cars? You know, all those little things that the public doesn't really think about matter because what they're going to look at is a thing called preclusion. What happened up to and including what occurred? Like what what led you to chase? What led you to stop? What led you to pursue him after he ran what led you right all those things are going to play a part in whether or not they say whether or not the initial stop was justified whether or not the uh, chasing him was justified like if you had his driver's license and the car is not stolen and the plates are on it this is just me and I'm, I'm speaking because I've, I've been in the instance where you're hyped up and you're geeked and you chase people because they ran even after you, mm-hmm. but now as a seasoned officer and, and command level officer, it's kind of like, so why am I chasing somebody when I have their driver's license and I have their plates right here in front of me? 
And I know where they live. And we see this over and over. Right. You know, we see it. They right. always run. And I'm flipping. My son was in an incident one time. I didn't know it. He told me later on. <laughs> I have two sons. And he told me he was in the backseat of a car. And he said the police stopped them. He stopped the driver. But he had to check all of them out. And he told my son to give him his ID. And my son told me, he said, I started not to give him nothing. Say so the police told him. Um, give me your ID because I don't know who you are. You got a rag tied around your head. So, you know, if you, I guess if you uh, wear a hoodie or you sag your pants or you have a rag on your head, you got well, how be, long ago I guess was they look this? at you like a criminal. But but um, how, long, how long ago was this? Uh, it, it, it must have been a while ago because he told me, he was grown when he told me about it. And I'm saying, I'm glad I got a chance to talk to him before because he said I started not to give him nothing. I said, what? And uh, I said, if he asks you for your ID, you give it to him. And I said, but don't go back and forth. I want you to be able to call me. That's true. And so a lot of times well, we do things that then heightens the police, puts the police on alert because now you're doing things mm-hmm. that normally a person would just say here. But then we got to go back to figure out was the initial stop correct? Was the initial exactly. stop you know, within procedure. Mm-hmm. So, well, they didn't stop him. They stopped the driver, but you know, they got to check cause they stopped me one time. And so my brother was in the car with me and they stopped me cause my stickers were all over the place. I didn't have a lot. It was about four of them and they weren't, I didn't have that one. And so I had my brother in the car. And so when he stopped me, he's, you know, he didn't, by the way, he asked me for my license plate, you know, my driver's license. So I said, okay. Then he told me my stickers were all over the place. It went by my brother. And he asked him, who was he? And, and where does he live? And I, and I said, well, you stopped me. Uh, maybe it's a safety thing. He's got well, that's the way it is now. Well, how, how, again, how long ago was this? Oh, that wasn't that long ago. Maybe I said within the last three years. Really? And uh, he and. Yeah, he he told me he says uh, uh, your stickers all over the place. So I stopped you for a wellness check. Well, you know, well, you know, the driver. My brother. If if I'm not huh? mistaken, if you do a traffic stop and and somebody call me and correct me if I'm wrong, eight three three two one two one zero one seven. And a traffic stop, if there's somebody in the car and they're wearing a seatbelt and they're not doing anything and you have no reasonable suspicion that they committed a crime or they're doing anything. You you have no reason to ask for their driver's license or identification. You stop the driver. Now, he now if you're pulling him over, he just asked who he was mm. and uh, and where did he live? Because I would have told him and I'm so not telling I, him. And you stop the driver, and I haven't done anything wrong, and I'm just sitting here. Uh-huh. I you know what though? I was just gonna tell you real quick. He asked me. He said, "Where did you live?" And my brother said, "Wabash." Police said, "What's that?" My brother said, "A group home." I said, "Mm-hmm." Now, hey, he asked, so he got it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Said to come right back to me. Yep, that's right. Okay. All right, Bye-bye. ma'am. Well, you have, have a good, good weekend. weekend too. All right, take care. Yeah, you too, and uh, Ben Jammin too. All right, Ben Jammin. She said, "Have a good weekend." You are listening to the Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth App, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. We're monitoring the release of the video for um, 
the Memphis police officers, the five officers that have uh, been arrested and charged for the killing of Kyrie Nichols in Memphis, Tennessee. We're expecting the Shelby County District Attorney Steve uh, Milroy to speak shortly. So we're going to be waiting for that one to appear. If it happens during my show, we will um, go to it live and listen to as much as we can. They're expected to release the video of the Tyree Nichols arrest tonight. And um, it's unfortunate. It really is. It's unfortunate that a young man lost his life working, working at FedEx, um, doing what young people do, you know, and sometimes you just stop them and smack their hand and say, hey, quit, and and go from there. But we live in a different time. We live in a different world, and we live in a, clearly, we live in a different place. Wayne, you're on the new 101.7 The Truth. How are you? I'm doing good, Dr. Uh, Dr. Ken. How are you doing? I'm good. Hey, so I know this is a very emotional topic in regards to uh, Brother Nichols that lost his life, um, but I wanted to get your take on, on something. So th- this is one of the few, and the, the only two I can really remember are George Floyd and and this one where the police were really quick, the the, the, the chief of police, the city really quick to fire the police officers involved uh, in the killing. And when it comes to the video, um, if you remember in George Floyd, because there were so many cell phone videos, they never really released the body cam footage from the officers until the trial. And typically what comes from the union, the police union, is that, you know, the officers deserve a right to a fair trial. Um, We're under investigation. We're looking through things. So it's really slow for these videos to come to light. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so in thinking about, you know, this case, I know that these are, are black men that are being charged with murder for beating another, you know, young black brother. Um, but do we take this opportunity to pierce that veil of the police union and, and police departments using the due process and right to a fair trial to start to get these camera uh, or these body cam videos out a lot quicker? Because they always are very quick to release the video when it exonerates the police officer, where it's justified in terms of the shooting. But any time there's some question about the activities, there's always this slow walk to get this video out. So I kind of want to understand your perspective on how we use this to take down that wall that the police unions use to kind of keep a protective bubble around these police officers. Well, first of all, I think that you shouldn't take the wall down any more so than any other citizen should have their wall taken down because they have... uh rights to due process officers have a right to due process like everybody else you can't just walk in and remove their rights and make things be released and actually set it up so they can't get a fair trial because you don't want them to have a fair trial it has to work the same i think the one thing people don't understand is that each instance has a different set of facts and a different set of circumstances and you cannot apply the action in one And then compare it and say, this is what they did over there. They didn't do it over here. There was a reason why they released it so fast. But if you think about it, it wasn't fast because this happened January 7th 
And today is the 27th. 20, 20 days is a long time to be waiting on video. But what they did is they were able to look at the initial video. They felt that there was an issue with it. So the, the fact that the guy got beat up, they were going to be suspended anyway with pay. So that that's just normal. Then as they went through, he died two days later. So based on their actions and causing death, the police chief, well within her right as police chief in the state of Tennessee and in Memphis, fired them, having been in consultation with the Shelby County District Attorney, knowing they were going to charge them. And then they charged them. It's not really fast. Cops get fired every day. Cops resign because they're in trouble and suspended every day. We just don't hear about it unless they kill somebody. But there are a lot of bad things that yeah, cops we, do that cause them to get fired and put in jail. Yeah, I even think back to the other um, killing that happened with the, the officer in, in uh, Minnesota where she screamed, taser, taser, taser. Right. And she actually fired her service weapon. Correct. Even that, they allowed her to resign versus being fired. There's always this you know, slow walk, which makes it feel. Well, you can't control when somebody resigns. You you can't control when somebody resigns. I'm I'm not, what I'm saying is the perception of transparency, of fairness, you know, when we do something, and I'm talking about a private corporation or even a public company, publicly traded company, when you do something wrong, it's very swift action and there is no due process. There is, there aren't these things. So when we have cops wearing body cameras, uh-huh. Right. That is a taxpayer funded piece of equipment. Possibly. Right? So it, it seems it seems as though that type of information should be made available to the public quicker for better transparency. And, and, it, and again, I understand. So then, there's so then if there's something wrong, how do I get a fair trial when you've released information that has absolutely no explanation to it? No third party viewing of it. It's it's a two dimensional thing. It's like me taking a picture of you moving towards a woman. And then I say you slapped her. Well, look at the picture. It looks like he's moving toward her. He must have. You have to take everything into context. That's why they take so long and they get multiple people. Did anybody else have video? What different angles do we have? And really, they're doing it so that when they make that case, it's a slam dunk no no way to come back and i think they got these cops i mean we haven't seen the video but based on them seeing the video there's no pushback from the family there's no pushback from the cops the the union you don't hear anything from anybody i know i know so in the last example i'll use is you know there was a killing in in columbus ohio of, of a teenage girl that came running out of the house with with a knife attacking another woman right they released that video within 24 hours to say, hey, we, nothing was done wrong here. And they did that to help um, set the perception and show the cop did nothing wrong. No, they didn't. So, again, it, no, almost- no, you're making an assumption about that. What they did is they released it after the district attorney looked at it and decided he would not be filing any charges. Now it's not evidentiary and they released it. So again, that's, that's a good point, but it happened quick. That that you, you can't you that, can't compare people, the two. No, you can't compare it. You, you you can't compare the two because they're two different instances. One, you have a young lady who's running out of a house with a knife to stab someone and kill them. If the officer had not shot her, she would have killed that other person. 
Then if he didn't, they would have been stringing him up for not doing his job. So you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. And and that's what I'm saying. So when you take a, when you hear it on the news, you know, cop kills a 16-year-old girl, it's like, oh, what happened, what happened? And they give you all the information as quick as possible because it was justified. But then when there are some questions, you see this slow walk. And I'm not saying that – and, again, you're correct. 20 days is a long time, but when it comes to these type of incidences and what we've seen in the past, 20, 20 days is not fast enough. It, it is. So again, and it I, is. I it is fast enough because what, what happens is the person that makes the decision as to whether or not how that video is going to be used is the district attorney. We got to stop lumping everything off to the police. The police don't run the criminal justice system. Judges do. District attorneys do. Police are at the bottom of the system. All they do is have contact with the public. After that, it's on everybody else. So once they took that to the DA's office, they now have to wait for the DA to say, yes, you can release it. Yes, this is the part you can release. This part is evidentiary. This part might might lean the public to cause them to think the person is guilty when they're not or cause them to be innocent when they're guilty. So they have to take all that into consideration before they release it. So the speed of doing it I don't think is of any consequence. I think you have to look at, at, a, at a totality of what happened. And in this instance, the police chief, I think, acted properly. No, I think everyone acted properly in this particular case. But, but I do appreciate, you know, the, the insight. And that's why I called you, because, you know, you, you have been on the other side. You understand, you know, the procedures, the circumstances, things people look at. And that's what I want. I mean, I don't think everyone understands, you know, when we say speed, you know, we're, we want it right away. No holding back transparency. And sometimes we we want transparency without controls. And, and that's and that's how. And again, I'm speaking from an emotional state, but also, you know, an educated state that right. hey, I, if, if you can't see yourself in these situations, somebody that works every day goes to work, sometimes like to have a little bit of fun, but not over the edge. And getting home is important. I can't help but to see myself in that same situation. All right. Well, thank you much, Wayne. Thank you, Appreciate Dr. It. All right. Take care. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017. Did I leave my microphone on the whole time? Wow. And I didn't say anything? Weird. 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 Must have been distracted looking at my phone and social media. 833-212-1017 is the number. Talking text line says, too many unarmed brown black men um, and women murdered. Uh, the sister and something, the sister was handcuffed last week, punched in the face several times. It's not a death sentence to flee California. Don't chase. They only follow. 
I'll have to do some research and figure that one out. Glenn Coco said fight or flight response. Well, fight or flight is a theory. It hasn't actually been proven. It's just something we use and say what happens when the, you know, when you get adrenaline and you get hyped and you get scared and there's a fear response. But we don't really know. Um, there may be alternatives to fight or flight. Right. Some of the alternatives might be to acquiesce and and follow the directions. Right. So uh, while we give a lot of credence to fight or flight, I don't know if in this instance he was reckless driving and that's why they stopped him and that's why there was a significant amount of attention brought to this particular thing. And so we're still waiting. Um, We're, we're, we're still waiting for uh, all this. There's some information that's saying that they, uh, while they're saying the Nichols beating video shows acts of that, that defy humanity, the police chief said something new tonight that says that they couldn't find probable cause for the stop. And so now information is starting to trickle out to about information that was part of the decision that the police chief used to make her decision. And so we really don't know. Um, I love how they say swift action against officers should be the blueprint for police brutality cases. Well, you can't because you still have to have probable cause to make an arrest and all that. But Everybody has due process. It doesn't matter if it's the police. Nobody's taken up for the police because I'm the first one to say, pull some handcuffs out. And if you can arrest them, if they have probable cause for an arrest, but you still have to flip it and recognize that every single American citizen, or once you hit the dirt of America, citizen or not, the constitution covers you. And that's, that's something we have to keep looking at just because we want it and believe it should happen. It'll be great until it's somebody that looks like you when it's that errant person who didn't do anything wrong and somebody accuses them of doing something wrong. Um, and his name escapes me. Who's the kid that, that was going down the street with the backpack in New York city and and they locked him up and kept him in jail for three, four, five, six, eight months. And then they let him go because they literally lost him in jail. Like he got arrested for something that he didn't do for a backpack that he couldn't prove was his, but it was in his possession. And then they turned around and lost him in jail. Browder. Was it the Browder? And, and, and we, those types of things should never happen. That's why due process is so important. When they went back to court and they couldn't do it and the prosecutor asked for an extension, they should not have given it to him. They should have said, no, if you haven't come up with charges against this young man, you need to release him. You can't just hold him. And subsequently, he committed suicide because of the trauma that he went through being in jail, being young. Lord only knows what happened to him while he was in jail. Khalif Browder. So we... we it's important that probable cause occur. Now, the problem with this one is 
we keep banging on the police when the prosecution and the judges have what? Immunity. Police have qualified immunity, which means they can only do it. It has to be within the rules and procedures and within the, under the color of law, whereas lawyers, as prosecutors, can mess stuff up, prosecute, not prosecute, people die. Eh, well, judges make the wrong decision. When are we going after the judge and the um, court commissioner who let the Waukesha parade guy go? Or the guy who got out of jail and a couple hours later killed three people, two people in the world. Like, we never talk about them. Let's go after them. Get them fired. Get them relieved from their job. Oh, no, it doesn't happen. And in this instance, I'm not taking up for the police. I'm saying, if you're going to be fair, level the playing field. Give them as much liability as the police have. They don't even do the police job. They sit behind a desk and when they got a law degree and pontificate about how much they know about the law. At what point are we going to say enough is enough? But we can't keep isolating it and saying this person can get away with and do something this person can't. I don't understand. Eight three three two one two one zero one seven is the number. Talking text line, phone calls. Make sure you hang on, Al. Um, you're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. This is the Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on one zero one seven The Truth, the Truth app, and one zero one seven thetruthcom Listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. Al, you are on the new 1017 of Truth. How are you? Uh, I'm doing fine. Um, I think when they sh- if they if they release this video, I think it's really going to be very damaging to both sides. But what I could never, what I don't understand is how can you have so much rage? and hate 
in your heart to do it to do that to somebody who looks just like you or look just like the person you see in the mirror. And then I ask myself, is is that a rhetorical question or or do you want a response? Well, it would be great if you respond. But my but within that question, is there any data when you have black police officer doing it to white people? And I'll hang up and listen. All right. Thanks. Um, Al asked the question, basically, um, it was something he said as it relates to hate. And so I think what what we're doing is we're we're applying a. We're applying an emotion to someone when we don't know whether or not it's been present, it, it was present at the time. We can only assume, oh, they must hate. But do they really? Um. As with everyone, right, every human being in America has the ability to lose it to where they're uncontrollable. That's how mothers beat children and kill them. That's how we people fight and accidentally kill people. That's how cops get so much adrenaline in their body that they lose all all semblance of reality, especially when they're emotional. You've been driving. It's it's high. You're trying to stop a person. As you go through it, your body starts to get this adrenaline buildup, and eventually you can become so enraged you literally lose it. And in in our we we have like a like a white, then yellow, then like orange, then red. You know, maybe green is in there somewhere, right? And then you have black. You have red, and then you have black. When you hit black, you've lost control. You have lost control. What many departments do is they have a, and I talked about it the other day, they have policies that say if if Dr. Ken is, is Ben, what are you doing? We got to do it. And they're starting to raise his voice and he starts to get upset and the arms are waving. By procedure, Ben Jammin is to step in and say, hey, that can, I got this. I'll handle this. The department says, hey, when you step in, by procedure, I must take a step back. If Ben thinks that I, right or wrong, am about to lose it, Ben, and it's called officer override, should step in and say, hey, Dr. Ken, I got this. We'll handle it. We're good. Rules and procedures say I can't t- tell Ben, nope, you're not doing this. I'm going to keep talking. Ben can't do that. Ben can't back off, and I have to let him step in and take over. Because he's calmer. Then Ben has to report that to a supervisor. Hey, just, you know, we had an issue with somebody. Now, what if Ben is wrong? Rules and procedures say no harm, no foul. Okay, you interceded. You thought he was upset. He wasn't. You all talked about it. Boom, we're good. I wonder if that was the case in Memphis. Does Memphis even have a procedure or a policy about that? I'm telling you, when you get tunnel vision and you get ramped up and your adrenaline is pumping and you're chasing somebody and you want to catch them, you lose all of your motor, you know, you lose fine motor skills, you lose peripheral vision, 
You get tunnel vision. And now all of a sudden, you catch a person. I don't know if he fought with them first and then they, 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 they beat him. Or did he resist at first and then he stopped? Whatever. Most defensive and arrest tactics around the country say that when the person stops, you stop. If they stop resisting, you stop. But at some point, you're, you're, you have the ability to go one level higher than them. Right? If, they, if they're fighting you with their fists, you can use pepper spray, possibly a baton, taser. If they have a baton, you can use a gun. If they have a knife, you use a gun. But that's your choice into whether or not you want to escalate. All those things play a part. And so at some point, we have to just become cognizant of there are a lot of things in play. There's a lot of things that we have to take a look at so that we can figure out the best way to move forward. We can't do this paper, you know, rubber stamp of all over the country as this is what this is what has to be done everywhere because that's just not how it works. Law enforcement is not like federal law. Federal law, everybody's trained in the same place the same way. State laws have different state laws, and so you're trained in different ways. Craig, I want to say thanks. They say as far as the officers in Memphis for Officer Override, I'm sure they checked all their day books for that type of thing because if it wasn't written down in the day book, it never happened. No, not true. It's rules and procedures. That's what they would follow. Book of Eli, that's too long. <laughs> That's 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 a long one. I understand Wayne's point of view when they have video at a business being robbed by. by okay, well, I, I can't. I'll read that and make sure I respond to you off the air. How's that? We'll take care of it that way. Hey, I want to say thanks for being here. Remember, next week, HBCU on January thirty first is HBCU night at the Pfizer Forum, and we'll be there live all day, seven a.m. MK in the morning till 6 p.m. at the end of Truth in the Afternoon. We'll be speaking to graduates of HBCUs, members of Divine Nine, people from the Milwaukee Bucks organization. You don't want to miss it. Get a ticket. Come show up Tuesday, December, December, Tuesday, January 31st. HBCU night at the Pfizer Farm with the Bucks. We'll get Bucks and Truth fans together. God bless. Take care. See you on Monday. Thank you, Ben Jam. Appreciate you all week, brother. <laughs>